Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hey, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Wow, heavy week going on in the country. It is. A lot going on. Yeah, you guys, if you've been listening to our podcast the last few weeks, we have um, shared a lot about homeschooling, working from home, doing church at home, um, all the things that people are experiencing globally, Yeah, right? Because we've actually been doing those things for many years now. <laughs> and we, we try and listen to the spirit about what to do mm-hmm. in these podcasts. We decide the week of what the topic is. And I don't know if you know this, but we do a one take. We hit play on the video and audio and we go. And then our amazing son, edits but he doesn't edit anything out that's right there's nothing cut out so you get the raw real deal in the episode and i think that's important because we really want to invite you into a Mm -hmm. discussion as if you're right there if we were cutting things out that wouldn't be the raw real conversation well no not completely i guess yeah so we're into it so uh we're talking today about redeeming quarantine Okay, so the president just came out with, you know, April 30th is the new deadline to uh, have the strict rules of 10 or less people and all the different things. Uh, all the social distancing yeah, all, and all trying to that. be at home as much as possible, so, not going out. So, so yeah. redeeming quarantine, resilience, resourcefulness, and the resurrection. Yeah, so this was actually something that was really laid on our hearts. Yeah. Um, you might have been so overwhelmed by everything that was going on and getting ready to be quarantined in your home that you might have forgotten that Resurrection Sunday is less than three weeks away. And we don't want our kids so, just to think it's about, you know, candy and eggs and Easter bunnies. We want them to, right. leading up to it, to have a real reverence for, for what God. Easter yes. is all about. So in this op- episode, we're going to share with you guys some things that you can actually do at home to help make God real to your kids, to share with them the true story of redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? I As Isaac and I were talking about this, we really felt like it was the Holy Spirit that just really laid this on our hearts to, to remind you guys to keep your eyes on Him in the midst of this quarantine. We could easily be distracted by... Oh, do we have enough flour? Uh, do we have this or enough toilet paper? Do, or do we know, have enough which, anything? You know, there's rice, practical beans, things leading potatoes, a family. Trust yeah. me, we have you know eight kids. I mean, there's practical things to pay yeah. attention to, but we don't want the over dominating spirit of the home to be about practical things. We should have it be about faith building things, spiritual things, especially in this important time of year. And we don't want our kids to become so inward focused because if they see us focused on getting things that we need, Mm -hmm. right, then that can easily translate into being focused on ourselves. And that's really selfish. Yeah. This is not an anti-preparation message. Wisdom says you should be prepared also. But we're saying, hey, what the kids are experiencing should be spirit-filled faith building right. leading into Easter. I think that this is this whole um, thing that the world is experiencing right now. I mean, obviously it's, um, it's hard 
Mm-hmm. It's really a lot of different people are suffering on multiple levels, not just sickness, illness, and the pain. Losing that, jobs. Right. Yeah. The, there's insecurity a whole lot about of being able to go back to work where you're working before. Yeah. To the financial hit. To kids not knowing if they're going to have to redo a grade or not. Missing um, their friends. Not having school sent home with them, actually. There are a lot of people that we've heard from that the school systems did not actually send homework home with the kids, which is surprising. There was a horrible article out. I forget who wrote it, but um, it was about how this is going to be devastating to kids because, oh, home, Washington because Post. homeschooling doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah. And all the stats prove otherwise so if you haven't been homeschooling just dismiss that article because ignore it's a bunch of lies all of the stats show that people who are homeschooled um have way better statistics than for all things from like test taking all the way to being a productive part of society that's actually contributing now you might be saying well but i'm their teacher and that's different than other teachers out there if you know what i mean mm-hmm. don't be discouraged because maybe you're new to homeschooling things like that um you with your kids teaching them whatever you decide to teach them is going to be so fruitful right and this you know what i told our kids yesterday we were actually watching the presidential address yeah. and i'll i'll just share candidly that um our 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 younger boys were kind of getting bored they were like, okay, we've been listening to this for an hour and a half. Mm. And we don't watch it every day. I know he's doing briefings every day. No, that day. was an important it was one. A, it was an important one that we, and it was one, one actually, I think we've only done this twice, that we decided to watch as a family together and then discuss it and what does this mean and all this sort of thing. Yeah. But the, the some of the younger boys were like, do I have to watch anymore? They were bored and they yeah. wanted to go jump on the trampoline. And, and we didn't force them to stay and watch. But one of the things that I felt compelled to tell them was, guys, you know, you can go jump, but I just want to tell you. Like you're living through history right now. What is going on right now will be written in textbooks and there will be, this is part of a huge aspect of history. And so, you know, if, if the Lord doesn't come back and you're able to live till you're 80 or 90 years old, you'll be telling your great grandkids the stories of how you watched, um, the, the rising numbers of those suffering with the coronavirus on the television and you watch the president talk about what the potential devastation could be. And then you can, you could actually give them the accurate numbers versus what will be written in textbooks, which is usually not the complete accurate story. And they literally just sat there going, Oh, by the way, um, if you don't think this is a serious deal, I think most people probably do now, um, one way or another, but, if, hmm. it, if it continues on the trend that we're in now, doubling every three days or so, um, deaths, I mean? just did the yeah. math um, on a piece of paper. Uh, 21 days later, the number is staggering of how many people die on that 21st day. So it is super important that we lead the efforts to quarantine, to obey the authorities as Romans 13 talks about we right. are to do that as believers and we talk more about that scripture in the very last podcast so you can go listen too. to that yeah. but i just want to encourage everybody for the safety uh of everyone to adhere to that and to lead well mm-hmm. with that um we're going to go into uh, four really important points here and this isn't only about resurrection sunday easter um, but it's also about resilience and resourcefulness because right now is an incredible time to really have some reflection and look at Hey, how, what do we do to generate income? And 
maybe we need to rethink about some of that. Yeah. Uh, depending on what's going on right now, we're going to share our personal stories around that. But, anyways, uh, we're going to go in a second. But I just want to say thank you. The One Million Legacies movement is just incredible to be a part of with you. Mm. Uh, it has mm -hmm. been such a blast. All the people in the parenting mentor program, the hundreds and hundreds of parents um, that we've been to able to engage with in a deeper way. That's been so fun. The comments we get from you through Instagram and Facebook is amazing. All of the shares, all the reviews on iTunes and other places, written reviews, we read everyone and uh, the five stars. All you have to do is hit tap and it gives a five star review. That's important, not for our ego, but it's important for the furthering of the movement because everything's algorithm based and it gets yeah. it out there. So we just thank you for all of that. And by the way, even the donations that have been coming in as we're doing this full time. Yeah. That's I mean, been amazing. We shared in the last podcast that we felt compelled to give away the postpartum course yeah. for free for a week. And yeah. we did that for um, two, it was Tuesday through Friday. And we had over 400 women take advantage of that. Yeah, Over 400 moms are now going to know how to heal naturally from common postpartum discomforts because they were listening to the podcast yeah. or somebody shared it with them. And that, that like really, it really blessed my heart because yeah. um, maternity care is changing drastically and women are not going to be able to get the care that they want or they're going to be scared to get the care. And so that was huge. But, um, you know, that's one way that we support our family. And so when people donate, it actually helps us to be able to do stuff like that. And yeah, and we've given the parenting mentor program out before too. And by the way, I'll just be honest. I was a little reserved about that idea at first. Uh, he was. Angie, he was warm. Angie, because this is how we pay for bread and things. So, so <laughs> she's like, I just want to give it completely away for free. And I, and I had a I had a pause in my heart. I'll be honest with you. And then I'm like, no, this is a time we all need to get together and help each other. And yeah, of course these moms need it. Yeah, let's give it away. It, I, I it mean, took I had a little bit. I, I had, had a moment. negotiate at first. I'm like, well, what if we lower the price to and then just I'm like, $20? No, let's just, you're right. We just need to give it away. And I was, it felt, God. it felt amazing. You know, $21,000 worth of courses. At sale um, price, 42000 yeah. at full price oh, is how yeah. much it would have cost. So, but, but that, yeah. that was just awesome. And all those women uh, are going to get helped in a time where there's anxiety around. And God this. knows, and He always provides for us, so I'm not concerned. You're totally, not concerned. totally. Um, and but, remembering that's yeah. key. Yeah. But I just, you know, and we're not sharing that to like to impress you in any way, but to impress upon you the thought, like Amen. here we were in the midst of quarantine, and we're we're seen actually inspired by other people who are helping in different ways. It's whether it's so cool to see what's going on in our company, know, country, wavering our country right pays yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like people. Are, being are generous. trying to be generous. And I just was like, I have this tool that could literally change health for babies and moms and the families of those babies, of those moms. Like, yeah. why would I not? Anyway. And so it just, um, so that's one of the things when you donate, um, we are committed to giving and it enables us to do more of that. And that's yeah. our heart's desire. So, right. so we're super, super excited. And also obviously takes care of us to be able to do full-time ministry and, and bring all this right. to you. But, but what does quarantine reveal? Yes. Let's just jump into that question. It reveals the, the, the two sides of a coin. It reveals selfishness, but it also reveals the incredible generosity going on. We were just talking about. Yeah. So there's both the good and there's the bad, yeah. right? Um, not that... And again, when we say selfishness, we're not saying not to get things that you need, not yeah. to be prepared, because you do. But at the same time, are you thinking like in the sense of like if you need, I don't know, 
if you need flour or you need something, you go to the grocery store and there's two there and you're literally thinking, well, I could not go to the grocery store in a couple weeks if I bought two. But instead you choose to just get one off of the shelf knowing that somebody else is probably going to come into the store and need that other one. Yeah. Like that, that in my mind is like not worrying about tomorrow as much in a sense. It's not that you're not getting what you need. I love hearing all the stories of people helping their neighbors to making sure, especially the senior citizens around them are okay. And uh, to be conscientious about, you know, not sharing the virus to companies helping to companies paying full um, salaries, you know, during when they're not working. Uh, I know not all companies can do that. I've led companies before and I understand sometimes that's not the case. And so if you can't do that, uh, you can't do that. Right. But it's just neat to see uh, all the things that are happening. And so right. let's, I think we should dive in though, honey. Right. So during this time when you're in quarantine, it could also reveal maybe that not just a, a focus on self, but it can reveal that you become consumed with what's going on so much so that you forget the other things that are really important, such as the resurrection, right? Amen. That's what we're doing. And so um, that, you know, for us, we really wanted to share some resources with you, which we'll get to in a few minutes. Um, but we want to just challenge you to like, think for a moment, try to put yourself in your kid's mind. Yeah. If you're Johnny or Jimmy and they're watching mom and dad and you're together 24 seven, what do you think they are perceiving is the reality right now in the world, in your home, mm-hmm. in your family, in your family economy, in the world economy? Do they feel safe and secure? Are they frightened and scared? Are they holding some of those things back? I think that this is an important time to be thinking from our kids' perspective yeah. too, because we are really modeling for them that fine line between, like you said, being prepared, but being generous and also not worrying or fretting and not mm-hmm. having anxiety, still living our life as much as we can within the walls that we need to live our life in. Well, let's dive into it. Uh, I think you have a scripture for us. And, oh, yes. Uh, point one we're going to talk about okay. is, are we focused on the spiritual things or the worldly focus? And we're going to go into the Easter stuff yes. in this and resources for kids in this. Okay. One. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4 says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Caiaphas and then by the twelve. And then it goes into more. But what's interesting about this scripture is that here you have the author writing to us saying, first thing that I'm delivering to you, I also received. So there's clearly other messages that he's giving in this book, right? Mm -hmm. In in 1 Corinthians to to the Corinthians, but he's saying, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. This verse alone was super convicting to me as we were planning out what we were going to be doing for this podcast, because Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, we could talk about being resilient. We can talk about being resourceful. Those things are really important. We can talk about redeeming quarantine, being resourceful in that time, right? But we also need to deliver the most first important message, which Paul's saying right here, that Christ died for our sins as according to the scriptures. And as I was thinking about this, a lot of parents who might be listening 
might forget because we've heard the message of mm-hmm. the Lord so many times, right? We've been to many Easter services. We know that Jesus was sinless and that he was crucified. We know the, excruci- the excruciating details if we've read the scriptures mm-hmm. or watched the Passion. But our kids, our kids though, they may not fully know the story of the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Jesus. In fact, a lot of them, this could be a really confusing um, and troubling, actually, mm-hmm. history. Yeah. If you think about from a kid's perspective, here you are reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you're falling in love with Jesus. Wow, this guy's amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. He's healing people. He's super nice. He's defending people. And then all of a sudden, he starts getting tortured when he's not guilty. Yeah. And then he's murdered. Yeah. It's not really the type of story you'd want to tell a child. Actually, yeah. like if it was a different story, not about our savior. Of course, we all know this has an amazing ending. Yeah. And that he brings about redemption for all of us, that he died once, one man died for the forgiveness of all. And that's the power of the gospel, right? Yeah. And we, so we want our kids to know and understand it. But how do we do that in a way where they're going to know it? And they're going to experience God, and it's going to—they're they're going to realize the reality, but also not be scared by it, right? Yeah. And so, a lot of parents—I'll be honest—a lot of parents probably relied a lot on church and Sunday school to do that job for them. And churches aren't and meeting anymore. Churches are not going to be meeting in in a few weeks. Yeah. To be able to do that, <clears throat> so I think that it's really important that we recognize this is courageous parenting. We have to rise up, and we have to be able to lead our kids to Christ. And it doesn't take a theology professor to do it. It doesn't take yeah. a degree from seminary to share the gospel. I would say, by the way, pastors are incredible. It's the it's the hardest leadership job that exists because they're leading mm-hmm. volunteers and it's, it's a true. different kind of leadership than say in the marketplace. Uh, it's very amazing and powerful. And so I just want to give importance to that before I say what I'm about to say. But at the same time, if your kids listen to an Easter Sunday message live streamed, no matter how well that pastor prepares that message, it is not as powerful as you sharing scripture about mm-hmm. the resurrection and talking about it and discussing it with your kids. So the first resource that we want to share with you guys is actually God's word. Yeah. Because the best thing that you could be doing is reading just from the gospel itself yeah. and sharing that and asking your kids questions. Now, some of you might have a four-year-old is your oldest kid and you're like, well, I don't know if I want to go into all of the details of Jesus's crucifixion, for mm-hmm. example, right? Well, you can tell them that he was crucified. They've seen pictures of crosses. They there's the kids are inquisitive. Yeah. And they know a lot more than we think they do. So if we just dodge around it, then it actually makes us look less um, honest. And then we could actually lose trust as being a teacher in our child's life. So mm-hmm. I just, I'm putting that out there. But you can get resources. I'm going to share two um, resources. And actually, there are a million. We have probably like six different books about Easter Sunday. This one um, by Paul Mayer, I really love because the illustrations are beautiful, but it also is a story with the actual scripture written right in here. So this is a good one to read with your kids. Um, if you go to courageousparenting.com and you hit podcast and then the latest episode, episode show notes. We'll have links Mm -hmm. to these different resources for you guys, um, along with some blog posts that are on courageousmom.com. We actually have like five or six different 
resource blog posts that have are chock full with reviews of different products. But another thing that's super fun to do with little kids are the resurrection eggs, Isaac. So like this is Benjamin's box. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I mean, we also have the Mrs. Patty Cake resurrection egg book as well. And we have a egg carton of eggs and each one you open up matches a specific coin. So here's the coin in the story. So real quick, we don't believe in just adopting like we don't do the Easter bunny, um, things like nope. that. But we also believe how can we instill faith while still having fun too? Mm-hmm. And so that's and making it alive to the kids. That's so a remember. perspective of yes. using eggs in, in, in a spiritual faith growing experience right there. Yeah. I mean, there's actually another book called The Legend of the Easter Egg. I have it right here too. And that comes in a hard book also that tells a really sweet story about the legend of the Easter egg and how it's actually can be a reflection of the resurrection as far as like an egg hatching from the egg or a chick hatching from the egg. And anyway, that's another one that you can look at. My point is, is with little kids, there are stories there that are books like Mm -hmm. the East, the legend of the Easter egg that may or may not be a true story. It's a fictional story for kids that helps you to tell them about the resurrection when they're three, four years old. Um, Benjamin's box is fun for kids up to age like nine, I'd say maybe even 10. Um, It actually literally goes through the scripture that's in the Bible and tells this story from a little Jewish boy Benjamin's perspective as he's watching Jesus walk through the streets and then it has the scripture in there. But then at the same time, you can involve the younger kids and they can open up the egg and look at the little toy donkey that's in it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are really good resources for that. Um, Like I said, there's a ton more on the websites. We'll put links. Um, But here's some other ideas that we've done over the years. We did a resurrection cross. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Oh, many times. And so this, I think this is the first year we're not doing it because we did not save our Christmas tree. We live in a a neighborhood neighborhood right now and we had HOA laws so we didn't keep our Christmas tree but um, every other year for the last like 14 years we have saved our Christmas tree and assigned one of the kids to with a saw carefully start taking all the branches off and then they get to build a cross with wire and nails. Then and they we, cut they cut the trunk in half and then yep, the make top a cross. parts across. And it's a really fun project for boys. So if you guys have like even a, a tree, and this might be something you tuck away for next year, or right? Or just wood, lumber. Yeah, you just making a resurrection cross and then having that in your house. And um, I know some people do like an Easter Jesse Yeah, tree. so I put it in the Christmas tree stand. <laughs> and then yeah. We, and then we put like a... A purple tablecloth table is cloth what I used. It. Actually, one year I couldn't even find that purple tablecloth, so I think I used one of the kids' purple capes for doing dress up. Anyway, the point is, is that you can just you can make involving you can experiential involve them in it. Yeah. yeah. And so um, another fun thing is to do um, like a Last Supper or a Passover or a Seder meal. Um, Isaac always likes to emphasize that you do not have to do a Passover meal. That is, um, we have freedom in Christ. To yeah, not have I think to it's. A, I think Jewish it's a piece. great fun experience. I just don't yes. want people to think that that's part of our doctrine. Right. That yes. we think we need to do that. No, that's not the case. But we have really enjoyed doing. Um, and every year we call it something different. Sometimes we'll call it a Seder um, and we'll do something that's more like Jewish Seder type dishes and yeah. we'll teach the kids about Jewish history. It's, it, and guys, like it's not just at Easter time. There was two years where I did a curriculum called Teaching God's Heart for the World. And at the end of every week, we made a traditional meal that went with that country's. Um, yeah. Anyway, so like this is just a fun 
thing that you can do with your kids. But this book right here called The Secret Seder, I, I wanted to share it with you guys because right now we're all quarantined mm -hmm. and we can't necessarily get together and have people over for seders. And this is a story about a Jewish family during the Holocaust that had to secretly meet mm. in quarantine, actually, in a, in a sense, to have a secret seder. And so it's just kind of a fun historical um, yeah. fiction story to help your kids to see that what they're going through has actually been experienced by other little kids. It's yeah. told from a child's perspective. So it's a really, it gives you a lot of insight into what the Jewish people experienced, which mm -hmm. I think is important. Um, it's historical. Um, another tool that I've personally liked for myself is this book called Messiah and the Feast of Israel, which talks about how um, the different feasts actually are about the prophecies of Jesus and then how the Messiah Jesus fulfills those prophecies. And we've used this as a great tool along with a few other books that we share on the blogs um, to teach our kids when we're doing something like a Passover meal, mm -hmm. how Jesus and is the fulfillment of that prophecy. And it's just a really good way to bring the Old Testament to life. And so these are all things that you could be doing in the next two or three weeks that could be yeah. really fun. Think of all the learning that you would be doing and then passing that learning down to your kids. This would actually be a great homeschool unit study to be studying over the next two weeks mm -hmm. or three weeks that could think, talk about redeeming quarantine and the fact that new families are homeschooling right now. If you want something to do, yeah. I would say do this. Yeah. Talk about Jesus. Well, in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15, I'll probably read a little more than that, but uh, this is great scripture to read with your kids regarding the resurrection. Mm -hmm. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves. What a good message for us right now. As we should be living we for ourselves. We sometimes, yeah. in, if people are fear-based or something, they're starting to only think about themselves. Uh, we don't want to do that. That actually makes me think of the qu first question we asked, which is what does quarantine reveal? Like yeah. if you, not you, but if, if someone was calling themselves a Christian, but yet they're scared of death while we're in this, all in this quarantine they and they're question, acting that way. I would, I would actually their ask. Real convictions. Yeah. Yeah. But for him who died for them and rose again, I love talking about the resurrection because that is the difference maker uh, from Jesus and all other supposed gods is real evidence, proven mm -hmm. evidence that he rose from the dead. Yeah. And no. and in the first scripture that I shared, it was who saw him when he rose from the dead too. Yeah. So you can go back to I first Corinthians like 15. Over 500 people saw him. Yeah, that was the, the next verse. That's the, verse five. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one mm -hmm. according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Okay, so, and then it goes on. We should actually read this. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay, so that is so powerful right now. Just think about this and we should be focused. If if our faith is alive and real, it should be, we should be so excited about what Jesus did on the cross for us because it makes us um, have a direct relationship with God. 
And, and that, he gave able us, to. And that's and so right amazing. there it says he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We actually get to be a part of the Great Amen. Commission. That is the ministry of reconciliation. And right now, like, what can you do in the midst of quarantine to redeem quarantine, to share this gospel, this truth with people who need to hear it so that they can actually experience the freedom from the fears, the freedom from the illness of sin, right? And right now, you know, what's in the headlines? The number of people that die daily and um, because of this virus. And, of course, people die of all other kinds of things. But this is an accelerating thing. Yeah. And so death is on the minds of people. So what better time mm-hmm. uh, to preach um this good news. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible. It is. And, to, and your kids need to hear it, mm-hmm. you know? And if they only, you might be hiding any kind of news about death from your kids. And that's up to you to decide that. I think if they're at a reasonable age, you know, four, they should know. four five, yeah. six, they should start knowing some of it. Um, because how are you going to explain how God redeems all this if they don't understand what's happening? And I think it makes Easter even more important to everybody, including your kids, when they understand kind of what's going on in the world. There's one more resource that I wanted to share with them regarding this. And it's um, actually a a Lent study that Mm. families can go through. It's called Amun's Adventure, A Family Story for Easter. Um, And we have used this about six years ago when majority of the kids were younger. I was trying to think back to when I was going through this. And you can do it a few different ways. Um, You can start on Palm Sunday and you can read a couple chapters a day and finish it and go through that. Um, it has like stories of Caiaphas's house, like images and different things. Um, it has another way you could do is you could start on the fifth Sunday before Easter, which would have been two weeks ago. And you could read a chapter Mm -hmm. a day until Easter, or you can start on Ash Wednesday and read a couple, a chapter every couple of days. So it's, it's really able to be used multiple different ways. And so, um, this is, you would literally be reading a story of this little boy's perspective during the time of Jesus's death and resurrection. And it, has a lot of scripture in it. And so my, my point is, is there are tools out there to help parents with kids yeah. um, to make it fun. It's kind of like a little homeschool curriculum. And how are we to respond and challenge? And we'll end this point by this, and then we'll move okay. on, which is James uh, verse one, um, chapter one, verse two through eight. Sorry about that. Um, and it says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it'll be given to him. Here's a key point, but let him ask in faith. Have your kids ever uh, said, praying doesn't work? Oh, I can't go to sleep. Praying doesn't work. I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we need to teach our kids that praying does work, and but we must ask in faith. Mm-hmm. And are you praying in faith? Do you actually believe God's going to act when you say words to him? And do your kids see that conviction in your prayers? Because they need to see that. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, God always hears our prayers. He doesn't always answer how we want because he's so much better than that. If he answered how we want, it wouldn't be as good for us. It would be our will being it, done, not his will. Even in the short term, it seems like it would be better for us to to get what we want, mm-hmm. but that's not always the case, um, and we need to trust that. I think that that verse is one of my favorite, well, passage of Scripture is James 1, because it really shows us 
what it means to have to experience redemption out of trials, which is what we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, redeeming quarantine, redeeming. Um, what can you do to redeem quarantine? Well, Jesus is actually the redeemer, but we get to partner with him when we choose to count it all joy, right? Because yeah. he's telling us to actually be the one that counts it all joy. Why? Because it grows perseverance, character, yeah. hope. These are, that's how, what, when we walk through the testing, not tempting because yeah. God doesn't tempt us. When we walk through the testing of our faith and we're refined in that fire, we come out of the crucible on the other end more like him, actually, with a stronger character, with more perseverance and all those things. And that's what we want for ourselves, but that's what we should want for our kids. That's what we should want for yeah. our neighbor. And how's your prayer life right now? It should be taken off. Your kids should be seeing daily prayers. How's your prayer life with uh, uh, your marriage? You know, uh, I was we had uh, church through Zoom. We have a small church that we're part of uh, with eight, uh, seven other families. There's eight total families. Mm -hmm. And we did a, a Zoom meeting on Sunday yesterday. It was and funny. We had, our family had to be Zoomed way out because there are 10 I, of us. I have a special little <laughs> wide angle camera that so they can see all of us. Um, but uh, my brother Cody uh, just gave that tip to everybody uh, just to be praying as a married couple, which we've heard that before, right? But I just realized, wow, I haven't been praying with Leading my wife. in that way as And much, last yeah. night we had a, a nice little prayer time. So I appreciate that. Yeah, so I think that, that it's yeah, it's an important thing that we're modeling that we're also we because we pray together all the time with mm. the kids. Yeah, but to also and we pray all I pray all the time by myself and you pray all the time by yourself. But to be setting aside more time to be together, and I think that that's really important for couples that are in quarantine because it's hard to get away. A lot of couples might be used to doing date nights. Yeah, and having that time together then where it's undistracted time. But you know what? There's a time when your kids are both napping or there's a time when your kids are in bed and we need to really be purposeful in that time, even if we're tired. Hey, real quick. Um, we have, and we're going to go quick on these last few points, but they're very, very important, especially if finances are concerning or maybe you're questioning your career path or mm -hmm. things like that. We're going to share a personal story and have, we have some really valuable tips for you that might help you or others that you know that might be dealing with those things. But uh, first, uh, let's do a quick uh, reference to the Parenting Mentor Program because this out of all the things we're doing seems to be one of the things that God is using to create some permanent change in legacies and implementation, implementation of, of the biblical parenting. parenting program that we've seen fruit from the last 20 years, raising our eight kids and uh, I guess 19 years, but 20 years of marriage. And mm -hmm. so um, it's been really exciting to be a part of. Let's hear from some people who've been through it. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor. 
and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Awesome. Let's dive into the next point briefly, uh, which is right now it's an important time to reflect, um, to have some reflection. And some questions I would encourage you to ask are, is are the if if you're wondering what we're going to do to provide for the family or uh, create more income or maybe you've had one uh, stream of revenue coming into your family and now you're wondering if that's smart to only have one and these kinds of things is to ask yourself the question um, what have I been sacrificing for the thing I've been doing and is that still what God wants me to do mm. uh, another question these are questions I've asked myself before. Um, is persevering in this direction actually what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. Perseverance is admirable, but what I've learned, especially when my company failed and we had a big financial failure, um, is sometimes perseverance in a direction isn't what God wants, mm-hmm. and he wants us to mm-hmm. persevere in a new direction. So yeah. sometimes we have to think about that. And I think challenging times are when we need to be introspective and we need to be clinging to God in prayer, in the word, and really asking these questions. And they're scary sometimes because we crave comfort. No matter how independent and strong you think you are, inside there's this little comfort thing in you that just craves the same. Mm-hmm. And we need to sometimes break out of that area of comfort to be able to fully express and do what God wants us to do. Um, so it's good to think about that. And I'm not saying change what you're doing. I'm saying, listen to God. And here's another point to this. You'd rather be proactive in this than be forced to be reactive in mm-hmm. this. So we need to have wisdom. What's the writing on the wall? What are the signs we're seeing about the, um, the, the likelihood that I'm going to be able to provide for my family in the same direction? And maybe it's amazing. Praise God for that. And this point isn't relevant to you, but might be relevant to somebody you know. And this is a time, especially there's some people that can continue to get paid. And there's some people that uh, are going to get money from the government. They just passed this $2 trillion bill and a portion of that's going out to families, which is great. Um, And so there's some time to be able to do that. And for some people, this might be a hardworking time from home of really figuring this out and working on some things in a new direction. And you may go back to work, but at least you've, harness some of this free time to be able to start a side hustle or side thing that could develop into something that takes over. Yeah. I think that, you know, it was interesting. I was talking to the kids, a totally unrelated topic about the great depression and how the men were away at war and the women had to rise up and become industrious Mm -hmm. in creating revenue and providing for their families. Right. And, um, Anyway, so we were just talking about that particular time era of history, and there was a lot of questions, and I immediately I went, you know what? This is what needs to happen in families right now, actually, yeah. is this idea of going, okay, were we on the right path that God wanted us on? And some people are. Mm-hmm. Some people really are, but some people aren't. That's yeah. the reality that we're facing, right? Like, is your work the best thing for your family and for your wife. And if it's not, right now you have a really rare opportunity in the next Amen. month to to however long that this is going to last. And we don't know, actually. Right yeah. now it's just till April 30th, which is what, like 33 days or 32 days more than what we've just had. What are we going to do with that time? Are we just going to, are we going to be proactive, productive, yeah. or are we going to become idle? 
actually. I just talked to our kids about this actually this week, which is at the end of 30 days or 60 days or whatever it is, are you going to look back and go, I really love how I spent my time. I really feel I was good. productive. I finished that curriculum. I got this done. Like, yeah. what, what are your things, right? And so we like ask them. Because in 30 days is such a long time. You can get so much done in a new direction in 30 days. We've lived it. And that goes into point three. Um, and you have a scripture oh, verse, okay. I think. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, for, um, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So what should you be walking in? Maybe it's exactly what you're doing. But even if it is, isn't it good to reflect on that? to ask God, always always good. And not only just for the provide, because we should provide, that's honorable. We're called to do that. Yeah. But the how we provide sometimes needs an adjustment, especially if the sacrifice is too great um, to the things that matter most. And so Mm -hmm. we just have to think about that. And the the third point is resilience and resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just remember when my uh, company failed, uh, we had 43 employees and um, we ended up, um, we mostly funded it ourselves. There were some investors, unfortunately they lost money, but, um, and it went out of business and that was a tough time and a half million in debt followed us from the business. And obviously we made some unwise choices in that process, but very difficult when you have big payroll to pay and all these things and you want to be honorable to all your employees, mm-hmm. which we were all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember that, and we just had another baby, and you've heard part of the story before. But in that time, I think God honored our faith and that we trusted him implicitly mm-hmm. and completely. And miracle after miracle happened. We'll do a whole episode on this someday, but mm-hmm. miracle after miracle. And you know what came out of that? A lot of growth, a lot of growth in our kids because we included them in the process, mm-hmm. and we loved having their prayers and showing them the miracles happening. and. We grouped together and did things, but also the best, the best things sometimes come out of the hardest times when you respond correctly. God wants our response to be good of faith. Okay. And so if you're in a challenging time or you know somebody, you might share this episode with them because, um, everything we're doing now that generates revenue, income for our family came out of those hard, those hardest times. It's true. And you know what? I would have never chosen any of these directions because I had other ideas about what I thought was important. And God smashed what I thought was important and says, these other things are important. And I can tell you, I love doing these things way more. Mm -hmm. And so it's just fascinating how when we let God work and we operate in faith, Mm -hmm. that he directs our steps and gives us the path and provides. And that's the resilience. Yeah. That's the point of resilience right there. And and resourcefulness and being reflective and going, okay, God, what do you have for me? What more do you have for me? You've given me this opportunity of 30 days. What can I do to serve you in your kingdom? Reveal your gifts to me. Reveal Amen. the talents that you want me to share with the world. How can I bless other people? And you know what, guys, it's also about holding on to our faith. Like some people right now are really in the midst of suffering, maybe not financially, but maybe they're sick. Mm -hmm. We know that there are thousands of people that are sick right now, some more severe than others, um, dealing with illness and death of the elderly even. 
or people who are immune compromised, there is suffering that is happening. And I, I have a word for you regarding this resilience and it's hold on to your faith. Amen. Which is what we were talking about before, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that gives us eternal life and the importance of sharing the gospel with people. You know what? Yesterday I went on a walk to go get our mail. I went on a walk to go get our mail. Probably your favorite part of the day. Huh? It was my favorite part of the day. <laughs> and it was quiet outside. There was nobody outside. And I walked over there and I noticed something new that I have never noticed before. The library. We have a lending library in our neighborhood. And do you know what immediately came into my mind? Hmm. I need to put Bibles in there for different age groups. I need to put a kid's Amen. Bible in there. I need to put a teenager Bible in there. I need not that I mean, like you only need one Bible, but but if you do that, imagine if a kid looks at like the action Bible. Yeah. Right? Or Let's get or one of those comic Bibles. Them. And we put it well, we got a ton. So I already started a pile a pile. We just have babe. to we just have to wait until we're out of quarantine. We I don't know if you guys know, but we're pretty positive we got the, the coronavirus, yeah. but mild version so far. Praise God. So I mean we're, we we're did have one kid that's still fighting it with her lungs. Her lungs yeah, were, have been hurting more her serious. pretty seriously. So you can be praying for Megan. So we we're, so we're very but, careful. So like when you went to the mailbox, you didn't touch anything. And, no, I had my key on my yeah. and I opened it with and we're my not key going and I, that was it. And um but I will tell you though, hold fast to your confession. How can you share the gospel? For us, it's this podcast, it's social media, but how can you share the gospel, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you don't have coronavirus, I'd be knocking on doors and sharing with people, right? But here's our last scripture that we want to share with you. It's in Hebrews chapter 10. I'm actually going to start a couple verses before because it literally is this about I love how she does this. She loves scripture so much. She always adds to the plan, which is pretty cool. <laughs> okay. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, there's the resurrection, by the blood Let's of Jesus, by a new and living whale, way, <laughs> way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. I'm going to repeat that, in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Mm -hmm. And here's the verse that we had planned. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. And as we do this, point four is community is so important. We need to be walking arm in arm with others and not forsaking the meeting. Well, what can that look like when you're in quarantine, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we have to we have to address that because right now it might be a little different. And this is part of the reflection. And for some of you, may, you may go, praise God, I'm so thankful for my community. And if that's Amen. you, we are really thankful for that along with you and we praise with you. But it might actually be a hard reflection for a lot of people because they may have thought that they had biblical community. But oh, now, yeah, I'm part of a church. But then they're sick with the coronavirus and no one has even reached out to them. Or you kind of have this facade that you're in community because when you go to church, everybody's nice and you say hi, which is a good thing. But then when you're not actually physically going to church together Nobody's. and you're just streaming a sermon, yeah. all of a sudden you realize 
I'm not connected no, to these. Not people. connected. And by the way, no offense again to pastors because that is an incredibly important, honorable, admirable thing. But streaming a sermon, a sermon is a commodity. What I mean by that is you can Google and find a good sermon anywhere. Okay, not anywhere, but a lot of places. You can go to Desiring God. You can find really good sermons uh, from there. I don't agree 100% with anything about anybody I uh, mentioned necessarily, but they give good sermons that are yes, doctrinally yes, sound yes. for the uh-huh. most part. Even a Mark Driscoll, I think he's awesome. He's He's been redeemed in a lot of ways, and he has some great stuff. I think you know, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Uh, Francis Chan, love listening to yeah. good old Francis Chan. David Platt, yeah. David Platt and people like that. And your pastor, if they're streaming, of course you should listen to your pastor if he's streaming. But you suddenly realize that's a commodity. That is that is just such a small, minute part of church. And you might be more aware of that now because what's not a commodity? Relationships. Those take time and investment. And being a part of the body of Christ takes time and investment. And you, you, all of a sudden, we all realize we're not in control of really anything. And everything maybe we were idolizing has been crushed, uh, whether it's your 401k or <laughs> oh, whatever yeah, it that's is. Sad. Okay, yeah. um, Things are getting crushed left and right. That's interesting, isn't mm-hmm. it? God doesn't like idols. And um, when we're in need, who do you call? If you are in your greatest need right now, Who's the person you think of that you would call? And are they a part of the body of Christ that you're a part of because you're a member of them? And, and then what's the second person you call? Because a lot of people just can only think of one. And now, so this is interesting because as we're talking about this, what we're, we're definitely talking to you about your needs. But the truth is, is that we don't become a part of the body of Christ, get grafted in just for ourselves. We're actually there to give. Mm-hmm. And giving Amen. is better than receiving. And so have you reached out to anybody in your community? Do you even have cell phone numbers to yeah. text people? That's a good question. Because if you don't, then the truth is, is that you don't actually really have family member, body membership yeah. happening if you don't know the people. And hey, resolute men out there that might be listening, uh, or if the wife's listening, share this with your husbands, this mm-hmm. episode. Um, I really encourage you to lead and prepare a sermon for your family every Sunday during quarantine. Mm-hmm. It's a unique opportunity. It is more mm-hmm. powerful than anybody else giving a sermon. It doesn't matter if you're less mm-hmm. eloquent or mm-hmm. less, you don't have the good stories or whatever. None of that matters. It matters yeah. that your dad, you're the God authorized, most important leader mm-hmm. with your wife. Uh, as well as an important leader in your family. And it's so important that you lead. Use this opportunity. Hey, if your pastor's streaming a sermon, sure. Use that as a Wednesday midweek service. You should be Sunday. Amen? Amen. Thanks for joining us. See you guys next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. 
If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.